Praise the Lord and good morning, family. Welcome to the St. Paul Baptist Church, where we are convincing the unconvinced to be convinced and make disciples as we connect, lift, and inspire you. Well, the fall season is in full swing, and we have entered the last quarter of 2020. Can you believe it? Instead of wishing the year away, though, let's focus on making the absolute most of these last few months. It's October. Who have you helped to see Jesus? Uh, metaphorically speaking, okay? Not, not physically, y'all. We, we just want to share the gospel and help folks, fam. Are you with me? Listen, for everyone connected with us via Facebook, the church website, or YouTube, join us in the chat boxes so that our Digi ministers can engage with you in worship and have prayer with you. Also, please invite others to join you in online worship with us without creating your own watch group so we can all engage together in each platform. And now, it's almost time for worship. When the clock hits zero, our Sunday worship service will begin. And stay tuned afterwards for our upcoming announcements regarding just what's happening with St. Paul. Good evening, good evening. It is not Sunday, it is Thursday, and we are certainly delighted to be able to bring before you our first installment of Thankful Thursday. If you're watching us online, uh, we want you to do us a favor, if you would, uh, share uh, with your friends and family as far as your social media contacts are concerned that we are starting Thankful Thursday at this particular moment. I am certainly delighted and elated what the Lord is going to do as far as our time together is concerned. So guess what? I'm getting ready to have Reverend Marco McNeil. He's going to come. He's going to give us our call to worship. And then we're going to move forward as far as tonight's worship experience is concerned. So do me a favor, if you would, put your hands together. Give God some praise. Come on. I know it's Thursday night. Some of us didn't got off of work and you're tired, but even in your living room, no matter where you're watching from, put your hands together and give the Lord some praise as we go into our call to worship that says, oh, come let us sing a, a new song unto the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully with psalms. Why are we doing all that? Because for the Lord, our God is a great God. Somebody at home may catch that. For the Lord our God is a great God, and he is worthy to be praised. So why don't y'all come on and join this men's choir as we get ready to open up our worship experience.
Amen, amen. Let us prepare our hearts and our minds uh, to hear tonight's scripture reading. Uh, it comes from the 119th Psalm, and I will be reading from the New King James Version, uh, the 119th Psalm, beginning with the 25th verse and concluding at verse 32, and it gleans these words. My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. I have declared my ways, and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the ways of your precepts, so shall I meditate on your wonderful works. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Remove me, remove from me the way of lying and grant me your law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgment I have laid before me. I cling to your testimony, O Lord, do not put me to shame. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Eternal and everlasting God, we have come here to be revived. So God, I am here to beckon your presence. We know that you are always with us, but God, manifest yourself in this worship place. Manifest yourself in the homes of all of those who listen. God, turpentine the tongue of your preacher so that he may speak only a word from you. God, we know all of this will be done because we love and trust you by your faithfulness. And with that, we seal this prayer in your son Jesus' name. Amen.
if you're looking for a miracle, you need to just go ahead and give God some praise right now because guess what? You are a miracle. Let me try that one more time. You are a miracle. The mere fact that you're breathing, you're living, you are <clears throat> a miracle. Before I, I move on, I just want to thank our brothers for uh, sharing as far as their gift of song tonight. And I want Deacon Jones to come and share with us for a few moments how good the Lord has been to him. And so I'm going to ask if the camera would go to the uh, uh, choir stand and Brother Jones, if you would share from your mic your own testimony. taken us through some unusual times. I am thankful because I was raised in St. Paul and as an only child. And, you know, you always wonder why ain't nobody else in the house to play with. I had friends up the street, but, you know, wasn't nobody in the house to play with. And then lo and behold, after 50 years, it was revealed that I was an adopted child. And in going through that change, and these brothers were here with me when I discovered that, and to be loved by a family that I'd had association with, but did not know who my brothers and sisters were biologically, turned my life completely around. I had a family, children, but the blessing of having siblings, watching others who have enjoyed the fellowship of brothers and sisters and not having that growing up, and then having that today, being able to pick up the phone and big sister calling you, working hand in hand with a brother that I didn't know, but I knew, turned my life completely around. I thought when my parents died, the Lord took them away. That was kind of the end of my rope. But within a few months, that just turned my life completely around. Because then I've had brothers that I could lean on, sisters that do what sisters do, call and talk to big brother when they, when you least expect them. And you hear all the folks talking about, but that, that was my blessing. That, that's, that saw me through to this day. Now I got family, I got many, many, many people that I had association with but it did not have a relationship with. And having that relationship today was nothing but a blessing for me. Nothing but a blessing. I did some, some of what everybody else did back in the day. Parted, played, and had a good time. Never was able to get away from church. And the Lord saw me through some stuff in order for me to be able to just stand. Stayed away from my home church for a long time, but when I came back, 
it was just like I had never left. And just the blessing of family, church family, but more so the blessing of biological family turned my life around. So I'm so thankful. I didn't have to turn. I remember turning to mama and saying, you know, y'all didn't think about having no more kids. I'm just me. You know, back in them days, you didn't get the answer that you were looking for. You got what they told you, and that was, you just shut up, don't say nothing. And leave that alone. But now I can say I've got brothers and sisters. I've claimed brothers here with this choir and this church for a long time. But to be able to say I can pick up the phone or go knock on the door and I'm at my brother's house or at my sister's house and we can fellowship is a blessing. And I'm so thankful that I can say I got brothers. I got family. I got family. I remember when I brought them to St. Paul, we just, we filled this whole choir stand. And that was just an amazing thing for me. Family. You can't be family. And I just thank God for that. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together. Let's give God praise. And I learn something new all the time about the wonderful disciples here at the St. Paul Church. I didn't know that, Brother Jones. And I thank God that the Lord allowed for you to have that experience. Uh, and I can see even now how it moves you about that blessing when you thought you were all by yourself. Uh, the Bible is correct. There is one who sticks closer than a brother. Amen. And we thank God for you taking the vulnerability and transparency to share that with us. You have been an encouragement. I'm looking online. You've been an encouragement to a whole lot of folks. So thank you, Deacon Jones, for that. Amen. Amen. It has been... Uh, a wonderful start. Tonight is uh, men's night, and we are elated, delighted and elated that our male ensemble uh, has joined us, and they have been blessing us with the wonderful gift of song. We got some singing brothers here at the St. Paul Church. And God knows um, this is, gosh, maybe about not even, um, uh, not even a fifth of, of the men that are part of this wonderful ensemble. Usually we will have about 30 or 40 brothers that will be up here singing, uh, but because of the pandemic, we can't get all the men that we would love to have here at the church. However, we do take wonderful delight for those who have taken time out to take the risk to come and to share their gift of song. And so thank you brothers for lifting up the banner of Jesus through song. And I am definitely appreciative and thank you Deacon Jones for sharing such a wonderful testimony on tonight, what we want to call Men's Night. Listen, we're moving through our worship experience and we want to get ready to receive the Lord's offering. And here at the St. Paul Church, there are three ways in which you can give. One way is by bringing your check or mailing your check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street. Or if you want to Bring your offering to the church. Call the church at 704-334-5309. Make sure that someone is here to receive your offering. If you drop off your offering, it is placed in a safe. And then we will take it out of that safe on Sunday morning.
to put it with the regular account. You can also go to our website, and you can give on the website by following the giving prompts there, or you can give through the app called Givelify. You can give through the app called Givelify. So if you want to do that, just download that app to your smart device, connect to your favorite credit card, search for St. Paul Baptist Church. Uh, you see this wonderful sanctuary, you got the right St. Paul, and you can give as far as that's concerned. So tonight is Thank for Thursday. You can, if you want to give through those particular means, just put it under other, uh, and it will be uh, calculated as such. So I want to, at this time, to lift us up in prayer as we prepare to receive the Lord's offering. And I want to thank you all for your gift. Now, let me just say, as I normally would say on Sunday, that if you've lost your job, if you've been furloughed, you've been laid off, you have no significant income that is being received, I'm not expecting you to give. If you so choose to give out of your poverty, I want you to know the Lord will bless you beyond measure. But I'm not expecting for you to give. However, for those of us that still have some income that we receive, this is where the strong can bear the infirmity of the weak. And so we want to encourage you to give. So if you would uh, take your offering, uh, let's place it in our right hand. We want to give God what's right, not what's left. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, on this first thankful Thursday, we have so much to thank you for. And God, as we come and we bring our gifts before you, we pray right now, God, that you will take these gifts and that you will... Multiply them in a magnificent way so that your word and your will shall go forth. And then, God, we pray that as we continue to sow into good ground here at the St. Paul Church, that it would take root, that the roots will go deep and produce an abundant crop so that your people will be blessed and your world will be transformed for the better. Thank you, God for allowing us to partner with you in giving. It's in the name of your son, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. So as you go ahead and you give, if you want to make out that check, send it in. Uh, you want to send in a click. I'm going to give $100 tonight for Thankful Thursday. If you want to match me, you're more than welcome to do that. But I'm going to give $100 for Thankful Thursday. At this time, I want to take the wonderful opportunity to present our preacher for tonight uh, and he has been here before in person but because of the pandemic of course we're doing all of this virtual our preacher for tonight is none other than the Reverend Dr. Marcus D. Cosby he's the senior pastor of the Wheeler Avenue Baptist Church in Houston Texas a native of Chicago who started his preaching ministry under the Reverend Dr. L.K. Curry at the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Uh, Dr. Cosby is a learned preacher, uh, a graduate of Fisk University, uh, where he got his bachelor's, and then he went and earned the Master of Divinity from ITC in Atlanta. And then he earned the doctoral degree uh, with a focus on homiletics from Northern Baptist Theological Seminary in Lombard, Illinois. Married his college sweetheart, Audrey. They have five children. He followed the founding pastor 
of the Wheeler Avenue Baptist Church, Dr. William A. Lawson. And Dr. Cosby, as far as his ministry is concerned, has allowed for the Lord to use him to grow that church in a magnificent and marvelous way. Um, when we were meeting in person, that church was having four services that were filled to the brim, as well as having gained over 15,000 people who claim to be part of that church. He is a preacher par excellence. One of my favorite preachers, and had we had Hampton this year, he would have been the conference preacher for the Hampton University Ministers Conference. Uh, he's part, like me, of the Morehouse Board of Preachers. Uh, he's like me, was part of the first edition of the Top 20 Preachers to Watch, sponsored by the African American Pulpit. He is part of the first black Greek letter fraternity, Alpha Phi Alpha, as well as the Boule, as well as a life member of the NAACP. And he preaches across the width and breadth, not only of this country, but around the world. So after our brothers, amen, bless us with their number one selection, whatever that's going to be, amen. The next voice you will hear will be that of Dr. Marcus D. Cosby, a sermon that he has tailor-made just for us. So I'm going to ask that you will pray for him and pray that this word will meet us where we need for it to meet us so that we can become all that God will have for us to be. Amen.
space with you tonight as you celebrate Men's Day 2020. I'm certainly grateful to my friend and beloved brother, Dr. Robert Scott, for allowing me this privilege to share with you 
I regret that we are not together in person as we have been over the past couple years, but I do thank God for the opportunity that technology has given us to stay connected even in a time of disconnection. So thank you, Dr. Scott. Thank you, St. Paul, and to all of the brothers of St. Paul Church. God bless you tonight as you share in this experience of worship. And to all of our sisters who share with us, thank God for each one of you. And may our God continue to bless the entirety of the St. Paul community during this time. There's a word from the Lord this night, and I hope that as you have opportunity, you will review the entirety of the 22nd chapter of the gospel as recorded by the writer Luke. That's why I call your attention tonight, Luke chapter 22, the New Testament gospel as recorded by the writer Luke at chapter 22. And we'll begin our reading at verse 31. The New Testament gospel as recorded by the writer Luke at chapter 22. And we'll begin our reading tonight at verse 1. I'm reading from the New International Version of the Holy Word of God. And this is what it says. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. That's enough. Amen. Praise God for his holy word. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. For these moments that we spend together on Men's Day 2020, I want to talk from the subject, the sifting of the saints. The sifting of the saints. Pastor Scott, I'm almost positive that the majority of the men, yes, even the sisters of our congregations, and we've been blessed to serve, have a true desire, a sincere, authentic desire to please the Lord and be used by the Lord. I submit that although to varying degrees we are effective or successful in that determination, I submit that all of us, no matter our age or stage of life, have a desire to please the Lord and to be used by the Lord. That we want to yield our lives to the one who has given his life to us. That the one who has blessed us with life, health, and strength, with, with the acumen and the facility that we have, each of us has a desire to please the Lord and to be used by the Lord. Now, to be used by the Lord is an intriguing thing in my, in my estimation because I'm learning that to be used by the Lord oftentimes will require some sifting. I raise that for our consideration tonight because it seems that the Lord Jesus is trying to get the apostle Peter and these disciples who sit with him to understand that if you're going to be used by the Lord, if you're going to please the Lord, that will be accompanied by a sifting season. 
sifting. It's an agricultural word that the Lord Jesus uses with these brothers on that Thursday night, similar to this Thursday night, that the Lord Jesus uses a, 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 a metaphor to help them understand what's going to happen, sifting. Every person who grew up in an agrarian culture and community understood what sifting was. It was the separating of any kind of experience or material, any kind of substance so that the good and the valuable could be retained and utilized for greater use. It is the necessity of separating the good from the bad so that the good can be retained and utilized for greater use. And on a Thursday night, while sitting around the table on that evening, the Lord Jesus looks at the apostle Peter and he says to him, Simon, Simon, he calls him by his original name, his pre-conversion name, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat to separate you separate the good from the bad for the purpose of retaining the good for greater and more valuable service and Jesus says that the enemy of each one of us our common enemy the devil Satan himself wants to sift Peter as wheat you must understand Satan has now come into the ranks of those who have been divinely deputized by the Lord Jesus to be used for further ministry he's been teaching them training them for three years and now he comes to the last night of his life and when he comes to the last night of his life, he is seated around the table with his beloved disciples and after enjoying with them the Passover meal that has become for them the last supper, which we celebrate as the Lord's Supper. He disregards everything else in the room, looks at the apostle Peter and says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. This is different from the from, from the previous conversation that the Lord Jesus has with Peter about his ministry. If you remember Matthew chapter 16, you will remember that in that experience, Jesus tells Simon, whom he then renames as Peter, a stone, Petros. He says to him, listen, I'm going to use you to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's a beautiful picture of the Lord Jesus Jesus choosing to use the apostle Peter to further the gospel, to ensure that the world would be a better place, to ensure that men, women, and children would know of the love of Jesus Christ, to ensure that people who would hear the words of the apostle Peter might be made better, drawn closer to Jesus Christ. The Lord's going to use him to build the church. That's Matthew chapter 16. But our text tonight, dear friends, is Luke chapter chapter 22 and although he's been given a precious promise in Matthew chapter 16 he's given a, a a predicament in chapter 22 of Luke that none of us could have ever seen coming he says Simon Satan has asked to sift you like wheat he's trying to rip you apart he's trying to tear you asunder 
But I prayed for you, Simon, and I prayed that your faith may not fail so that when you are turned back, you will strengthen your brothers. I love the picture of this, Dr. Scott, because it seems to me that the Lord Jesus makes it crystal clear that any of us who are going to be on divine assignment will have to deal with some demonic agitation. That no matter who we are, no matter from whence we've come, no matter our educational background, no matter our, our prowess in the community, anybody who's going to be divinely assigned to anything is going to have to deal with some demonic agitation. That's what Luke chapter 22 seeks to reveal to us, brothers and sisters, and I raise it for our consideration on men's night because I want the brothers of the church to understand that if we're going to be used by God, there's some expectations that all of us need to have and one of those expectations is not just for bright light shining on us. Some of the expectations ought include some demonic agitation. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat and may I suggest on this Thursday night that some of the, de the demonic agitation that we have to experience, some of that uh, sift we have to experience we will experience it despite our placement in the congregation despite our placement in the congregation Jesus is seated with his disciples it's the last night of his life he is there on this earthly ministry to ensure that all people who look under him might have an abundant life yes even everlasting life but while he's headed toward the cross on that very next day before he gets gets there he has to spend some time talking to these brothers and he turns his gaze toward Peter and says Simon Simon Satan has asked to sift you as wheat but if you read it from the original Greek pastor you'll find out that he does not just say Simon Satan has asked to sift you the newest international version says he has asked to sift all of you as wheat don't miss it he says that he's talking directly so it seems to Peter that he's talking even in a more general perspective to all of the disciples who are seated at that table. He says, Simon, Satan is trying to take all of y'all out. He's trying to mess up your witness. He's trying to ruin what I've begun in you. He's trying to tear asunder everything I have begun in your life. All these three years of your watching me and being mentored by me so that you might do as I have done. Satan is trying to rip it to shreds. Oh, my brothers and sisters, each of us has to understand that no matter whom we are, who we are, who, who, we, who we represent, where we've come from, from what our our status may be in the community the truth of the matter is if we're going to be used by the Lord there will be some days weeks months I dare even say years where we will be sought to be torn asunder just like wheat ripped to shreds messed up so that our witness might not be on display Satan is trying to take all of you out you do remember that's what Jesus said was the assignment of the enemy he 
says in John chapter 10 at verse 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And all of us, my brothers and sisters, have to deal with the reality that if we're going to be used by the Lord, there will be some days despite your placement in the congregation where the enemy comes to wreak havoc in your life. It doesn't matter where you serve. It doesn't matter who you are. Musicians, you're going to have to be sifted. Ushers, you're going to have to be sifted. Those in the audiovisual ministry, you're going to have to be sifted. I declare, deacons, you're going to have to be sifted. Trustees, yes, you'll have to deal with some sifting. And preachers, God knows, you already know, you're going to have to be sifted. All of us have a bullseye on our backs and the enemy is trying to take us out. Oh my friends, he'll try to mess with your family. He'll try to mess with your finances. He'll even try to mess with your physicality, your health. He'll try to mess with your future, trying to make you feel as if you have no reason to keep on living. Oh, but I thank God that Jesus didn't stop talking when he talked about the thief in John chapter 10 at verse 10. He said in the latter part of that verse but I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly and somebody listening to me on a Thursday night needs to hear me and you need to understand that all of us no matter how spiritual we profess to be no matter how many Bible verses we can quote no matter how regularly we do the service that we've been called to render unto the Lord no matter how many times a day you pray toward the east all of us are going to have to be sifted in this life you're going to have to go through as a matter of fact the Bible says in Psalm 34 many are the afflictions watch this of the righteous Uh, but the text continues when it says but the Lord delivers him out of them all your Bible says in the New Testament Jesus says it this way in this world you will have tribulation but don't stop reading the verse right there because the next phrase says but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world and no matter what your placement may be in the congregation you may as well brace yourself for the reality that sifting is going to come we've been dealing with it all year haven't we a global pandemic has sifted all of us all of us have been separated from something that we love something near and dear to us all of us have had to deal with some sifting we've been dealing with it with our protestations in the street with George Floyd being killed Breonna Taylor being killed and as a consequence we've had to stand up for justice in a way that we never thought we would have had to have done in the year 2020 with being torn apart sifted all my brothers and sisters this presidential election is sifting all of us as we await to find out who's really going to lead this nation into the next few years and if it wasn't bad enough that we're waiting we've been dealing with the past four years of this tricky president and all of us have had to deal with the reality that a narcissist egomaniac has been sitting at 1600 Black Lives Matter Plaza and today we have to testify we need a God on our side because this sifting season is getting the better of us despite your placement in the congregation hear the Lord saying to you Simon Satan has asked to sift all of you like wheat but let me push my argument a bit farther because I submit that when we deal with the sifting of the saints 
We have to deal with it despite our placement in the congregation. And we have to deal with it, watch this, despite our penchant towards supplication. Yeah, despite our penchant towards supplication. You understand penchant, P-E-N-C-H-A-N-T. Just a big word for it, an inclination or your leaning towards supplication. It literally means that no matter how good your prayer life is, sifting seasons will show up. No matter how much you believe in communicating and communing with God you will have to deal with a sifting season at some point oh yes my friend you my beloved brother will have to deal with the fact that even though you pray you still have to deal with some predicament some persecution some peril some pain that tries to tear you apart and that's what happens in this text in Luke chapter 22 once Jesus and his disciples have finished eating and drinking one with another your Bible said they sang a hymn went out into the Mount of Olives and when they go to the Mount of Olives they're accustomed to go into that place because that place is Jesus's praying ground that's where Jesus communicates with the the father with regularity and he goes to that space he takes three of his disciples farther into the garden with him he tells them to watch and pray for just one hour while he goes a little farther a stone's throw away says one of the gospel writers he says he's going to fall down and pray just a little bit over there your bible says that now he begins to pray and when he prays your bible says this is his prayer real simple prayer he says father if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. You must understand, child of God, he has now come to where the rubber has met the road. He has now come to the place that his entire ministry has been pushing him toward. His whole reason for being on the earth was so that he could come to the point where on a Friday afternoon he would give his life as a ransom for many. And now he goes to the cross. He's getting ready to go to the cross. And before he goes, he goes by Mount olive and he asks the Lord to let this cup pass from me if there's any other way that I can handle the assignment I'll go that route if there's a way that I don't have to go by the cross that'd be real good for me father and he prays according to the scriptures until sweat like drops of blood pour from his brow he is in a space where he's looking for any other alternative to get him from this pot he says father if it's possible let this cup pass from me nevertheless not my will but thy will be done he prays that simple prayer for an hour and then he goes back to his friends his disciples Peter James and John and finds them asleep now he never anticipated that they would be asleep like this this is when the rubber has met the road he's at the point of agony and distress this is the point where you need somebody praying with you and praying for you and he finds out that there's something you have to endure in what I call the crucible of isolation. These brothers are asleep. They are not trying to wake up. And you must understand, they just had an extensive meal with the Lord Jesus. The Passover meal is an elaborate meal. It's been a good meal. They've been having a good time in that upper room. And after all was said and done, Jesus gave them both bread and wine. I don't know how you all are when it comes to the bread and 
and the wine. But somebody listening, one of them brothers in that church understands that after you had a good meal inclusive of wine, the first thing you want to do is fall out and pass out somewhere and get a nice little nap. And that's what the brothers do. They go to sleep and Jesus wakes them up and says, come on, stay with me so that you don't fall into temptation. He goes for a second time and he prays again that same prayer. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. He goes back after the second hour, finds those boys asleep again. He wakes them up, says, come on, man, pray with me. I need you to pray with me. And brothers, I need you to understand there will be some days in our lives, some moments in our times when we can't be so codependent on everybody else that we can't get a prayer through for ourselves. Jesus goes back that third time. <laughs> and when he goes back the third time, he prays that same prayer and after he prays that third time watch this your bible says angels came and strengthened him Matthew Mark and Luke all tell this story and when you put the stories together you find out just how good our God is that he would allow angels to come and strengthen him then I'm coming to tell somebody at the St. Paul Church listen to my voice on a Wednesday evening that there will be some seasons when everybody else will not be around to encourage you and support you and back you up and pat you on the back but I'm so grateful that we serve a God who still deputizes angels to come and strengthen his children and that's exactly what the Lord God does he strengthens Jesus Christ goes back those boys are sleeping come on man I'm ready to go now that he has been given everything he needed to keep on pressing. Now, friends, you must understand that even though he has prayed and even though he's been strengthened, he still has to be sifted. Oh, yes, did I not tell you? Even Jesus himself has to be sifted. When you keep on reading through chapter 22, you'll get on into the next day, which is Holy Friday. Good Friday is what we call it. And while he is dealing with the reality of his life, he recognizes that even sometimes you'll be sifted by friends. That's what happens with those brothers. They can't hang out. They can't pray the way they need to pray. And the next day he finds out that although they've been with him for three days, three years, when it gets to the cross experience, nobody save John is around the cross. All the disciples have fled. They are nowhere to be found because sometimes you'll be sifted by your your friends oh yes and sometime you'll be sifted by your foes right there in the Mount of Olives at the Garden of Gethsemane while Jesus has just concluded his prayer time watch this your Bible says that uh, oh, oh Judas comes back with a band of brothers and they're ready to arrest Jesus and here is what Judas does he walks up to Jesus tries to give him a kiss Jesus says no no don't go out like that man whatever you're gonna do do it quickly I know you've sold me out for 30 pieces of silver just go ahead and do what you came to do and the Bible says that now these men who have come with Judas blindfold my Jesus they began to beat him they began to mock him they pulled his beard from his from his very face 
and they began to taunt him and tease him telling him to choose the one who had just hit him and beat him and Jesus according to that old song we sang when I was growing up never said a mumbling word here is the Lord Jesus being torn apart ripped by his foes after having already been sifted by his friends and by the time you get to Calvary your Bible seems to suggest that Jesus is even sifted by the Father Oh, yes, you do remember that on that cross on Friday. The, one of the sayings from the cross that Jesus utters from his lips uh, goes like this. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He's dealing with the reality that he feels like he's all by himself. That even the Father has given up on him. Sometimes, dear one, despite how spiritual we profess to be, there will be some seasons in life where it seems like even God himself has given up on us. I know you may not want to testify about it. I know you don't want anybody to ever think you've thought like that. You're too righteous to think like that. But if Jesus says it on the cross surely you and I have to say it every now and then and here is Jesus saying father why have you forsaken me sifted that's what Jesus is despite his praying ground he had just finished praying he's talking to the father and now he is sifted in ways that he did not ever anticipate what do you do when you have to go through life knowing that there will be some seasons where you will be sifted, torn asunder, ripped up, shredded, so it seems, for, for sport by the enemy. But let's not forget the entirety of the verse. <laughs> Jesus says, listen, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you all as wheat, <laughs> but I prayed for you. And I prayed that your faith may not fail. Hallelujah. And when you have turned back, I want you to strengthen your brothers. Please don't miss it, my brothers and sisters. It seems like this entire message has been kind of kind of gloomy, a little doomy. It seems it makes no sense to get all this bad news from the preacher. Why did I tune in to Men's Day for just a bunch of bad news? He told me that no matter my placement in the congregation, I'm going to be sifted. No matter how much I'm engaged in supplication, I'm going to be sifted. Yes, that's the bad news. Oh, but Dr. Scott, I'm not a bad news preacher I'm, I try to be a gospel preacher and the gospel is good news and when you get to the end of verses 31 into verse 32 Jesus said listen here despite the sifting season I prayed for you and here's my prayer my prayer is that your faith may not fail and when you have turned back strengthen your brothers oh yes my friends you and I will be sifted despite our placement in the congregation and despite our penchant for supplication but I came with good news to let you know on a Thursday night that every sifting season has a point of termination. Yes, Lord. Every sifting season has a point of termination. I prayed for you and I prayed that your faith will not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Here's the good news, child of God, that this sifting season we go through is, a, is purposed for our development. That God is always trying to develop us trying to make our faith stronger he says I prayed that your faith will not fail and in times like these my dear sisters and brothers we need a faith that will sustain us in rocky seasons like the ones we're living through right now we need a faith that will hold us together when we feel like
like falling apart. And may I find anybody at the St. Paul Church tonight who can testify that despite how rough and rugged it has been, I'm so grateful that I still have a confidence in God that he is able to hold me in the hollow of his hand and keep me until times get better. Maybe somebody in here understands that when you have strong faith, you don't just fall out at the first bit of bad news. You don't just fall out because things aren't going your way. You still believe that God's going to make a way out of no way. When you have strong faith, you don't get stuck on the reality that many are the afflictions of the righteous. You keep moving toward the fact that the Lord's going to deliver him out of them all. When you have strong faith, you don't get stuck on the reality that in this world we're going to have tribulation. No, no. You keep on pressing until you get a good cheer because you realize that the Lord Jesus has overcome the world. And I need to close my little message tonight by telling somebody listening to me that whatever you lose in this journey, whatever you deal with in this journey, don't let go of your faith. My brother, I came to let you know that you're going to need some faith even in the next season of your life, just like you needed it in previous seasons of your life. And the reason we have men's day is to make sure that some brother understands that God still has plans for him, that God still has him on his mind that God is still at work in his situation so I need you my brother to lift up your head and be assured that this God we serve is still in complete control and despite how bad it gets through here trouble will not last always is there anybody listening to me who can hold on to your faith and believe that without faith it's impossible to please God that we walk by faith and not by sight and somebody on a Thursday night needs to lift up your head and believe that God is still making ways for you that God still has plans for you the Bible says I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you and not to harm you to give you hope and a future so lift up your head and be encouraged dear brother God is still in control and all the sifting seasons of your life will have a point of termination. I like that child of God. It's right there in verse 32. He says, when you have turned back, then strengthen your brothers. When this comes to an end, when the smoke clears, once the dust has settled, once times get better, responsibility to reach back and bless your brother encourage your brother strengthen your brother that's what men's day is all about one brother blessing another brother two brothers blessing two other brothers brothers helping brothers through the struggle and tonight I came to tell you that the God we serve still has power to hold you to keep you to
St. Paul. I've held you long enough, but I came to encourage some brother who's weary. I came to encourage some saint who's struggling to hold on to God's unchanging hand. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. understand that Satan is trying to sift you, take you out, trying to mess up everything I've gotten started in your life. He wants to sift you like wheat. But don't get so caught up on that part that you don't keep listening to me because I prayed for you and I prayed that your faith may not fail. I want you to have strong faith in the midst of your frustration. Strong faith in the midst of all of the circumstances of life that are trying to bring you down. I prayed that your faith would not fail and when, not if, not perchance, not just in case, but when you have come out, when you've come, been converted, when you, have, when you have overcome this season. Don't act like you did it by yourself, man. Don't act like you're a self-made man. You never had any trouble, any trial, any tribulation. No, I want you to reach back and strengthen your brothers. I want you to encourage somebody else along the way and let them know that if God did it for me, <laughs> he can do it for you because God is no respecter of persons. I just thought I'd stop by tonight, St. Paul, and let you know a little something about the sifting of the saints. God bless you, Pastor Scott. God bless you, St. Paul. Be encouraged, even in this strange and unusual time. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. The brothers up in here, we're just flabbergasted right now. Thank you, my friend, my brother, Dr. Marcus D. Cosby, for a timely word, a rhema word. Uh, an on-point word, thank you so very, very much. We are indebted to you for 
what you have dropped on us tonight. I don't want to take for granted that those that may be watching us right now has a relationship with the God who is able to keep you through the sifting. I want to take this time to offer, if you're watching us live stream, to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. All you got to do is place your faith and your confidence in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. All you got to do is believe that God sent him to die for your sins, and that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says you shall be saved. And then you need to connect to a Bible teaching, Bible preaching, Bible practicing church that will allow for you to grow as far as your walk with God by your faith in Jesus Christ. I want to lead you in a prayer. And if this prayer is applicable to you, I want to encourage you to do a couple of things. So let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. God, we thank you for this word that Dr. Cosby has shared. There may be some man, woman, boy, or girl that's watching us right now who feel led to have a relationship with you. Life has sifted them without a savior. Life has sifted them without a God. And they fell apart. But God, when you are our God, your son Jesus prays for us. And when Jesus prays for us, we'll get our stuff back together again. And so God, right now, I am praying for whoever's watching us, that if you're moved to connect with God, just go ahead and give Jesus your word in your heart right now. If you believe in your heart, you receive it in your spirit. Salvation is yours not based upon works it's not based upon words it's based upon faith so right now move as only you can god in the name of your son jesus we pray amen hey if that prayer was for you i want you to do me a favor on our social media platform if you would just type in salvation one of our digital ministers will reach out to you let you know what next steps will be or if you would like, call the church, 704-334-5309. Leave a message. Someone will get in touch with you as soon as we retrieve that message and let you know what the next steps are. Well, since tonight was the night for the brothers, I want to commend all the brothers to let you know I'm praying for you. Ah, God knows I miss you all. I think I can say without hesitation or mental reservation, if we were here in the church, Ain't no telling what we'll be doing. We'll probably be running into each other based upon that word. I want you to do me a favor before we get ready to close. If that word blessed you and you did not give in our first offering, I want you to take this time right now to pick up your iPhone or your iPad or your Samsung Galaxy or your Samsung notebook, and I want you to sow a seed right now. Sow a seed. You can put it under revival. But I want you to sow a seed. If that word bless you, sow a seed. I believe in sowing and reaping because I believe where you sow much, you reap much. Where you sow little, you reap little. I'm going to sow a seed tonight. I'm going to sow a seed. And I'm sowing a seed not because I'm looking for something. I'm sowing a seed because 
the Lord blessed me. The Lord blessed us with the mighty word tonight. So I'm giving two offerings, but if you didn't give in the first offering, I want you to give something in this offering. Amen, amen, amen. So hey, we're getting ready to get, get out of here. Um, brothers, go ahead and lift that song. Go ahead. seek what the Lord will say to us in these unprecedented times as far as preaching is concerned. Then Wednesday night, join us for a quick 15 with the pastor as far as prayer time is concerned. And then next Thursday, next Thursday, we're going to be celebrating our sisters. And I got a wonderful sister. She's never shared with us before, but I guarantee once you hear her, you'll never forget her. The Reverend Dr. Danielle Brown, the pastor of Church Life, at the cathedral at Perth Amboy in New Jersey. And I want you to know she is a powerful sister. So we're looking forward to the Lord taking us even higher. But my God, thank you, my friend and brother, Dr. Cosby. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy. To the wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever and instead of us saying amen we want to say i love you lord